0: people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the deluded podcast and it's weird car a lot of you know i do up youtube and stuff but maybe i'm not promoting the podcast in the best way possible because a lot of you are surprised that i have a podcast i mean you look was calling for it and clamoring it to me and saying oh we know you bring out youtube and do all this but we want a podcast so it's here so Yeah, man, I'm on all all streaming streams if you're here for the first time. Spotify, iTunes, I think Google, you can even listen to this on Anchor FM, all of that sort of stuff, all that good stuff. Obviously, check out the YouTube content, but I'm back again. And as usual, it's been an eventful Premier League week. Um, We might as well discuss that. Obviously, I've got some general topics and might as well throw in some transfer speculation and all of this jazz, but starting with... And the wind seems to want to be involved in the podcast. But starting with the relevant Premier League information in relation to what's happened over the past weekend, we've seen some good games. We've seen Liverpool beat Spurs. Obviously, that Tanganga guy, centre half, twenty years of age, have to big him up, people. Very good performance. And obviously, I, I know about him and I've known about him because it's not his first Spurs appearance. I think he was there when they lost to who they lose to. Did they lose to Colchester or Rochdale or someone? Spurs lost to someone in the cup. But he's been about. But I think he's a promising centre-half. Just how far he can go relies on him. And uh, There's a lot to like about him, man. He's a God-fearing individual. He comes from a good home. He's got a resilient background as well. Obviously, his family, I believe, are originally from Congo. So they've obviously had to set up life here. And that hard-working spirit, you see that when he plays on the football field. Obviously, he's from Hackney as well not too far from where I live so I know that's not the well, gentrification and that Peckham and Hackney are probably two of the nicest places in London to live, Brixton now but for me and people above my generation and, and just below me when you hear these areas they're like whoa, whoa 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 it's a mad thing but he had a good performance against Mohamed Salah Firmino and Mane especially obviously he was given a task by Jose Mourinho to Mark Marney, And I think he did that well, really and truly. He got tight. He's obviously quick. He strikes me as an old-school sort of centre-half in that he can ball play, but he's a defender. Like, he's out here showing his strength, shielding the ball out. He looks like he's good 1v1 um, against a- attackers, and he looks like he's, he relishes that. He's a promising player, and he's 20 years of age, so now it's it's now time to, whether it's Spurs or elsewhere, to play senior football. His contract I saw on, on Twitter is running out, um, so with his debut and whatnot, maybe Spurs give him a new deal if they was or wasn't going to, I don't know, obviously with British youngsters, his potential if they haven't known about him already has to be alert in overseas clubs and I guess time will tell. He's given a good account of himself in that game. And whether he gets added opportunities under Jose Mourinho is another thing. Because many people, obviously, Jose Mourinho and young players, many will say it's like chalk and cheese. But if there's one position he gives opportunities to, it's defenders. If there's one thing Jose Mourinho... Listen, he might not be the Jose Mourinho of old, but let's, let's be serious. He's a hallmark of football. He's a legend. He's all of that, the positive connotations. If there's one thing Jose Mourinho has always known is how to make a bloody good centre half, how to sniff a centre half, and Tangango is in the, is in good hands. If that's anything, even if he doesn't get opportunities, if he if he um just learns from Jose and and busts out and does his thing away from Spurs. But enough about him. Like you can see, I love young players, and I've made him the dominant pro- um point talking point in relation to Liverpool and Spurs. Obviously, Firmino scored. It was a weird one, man, because. I feel Dele Alli had a poor game and I think he needs to, as he's getting older, he needs to mature up a bit and I don't mean in antics or anything. I mean what how he sees the picture before the ball's played to him and what he's doing because all the little flicks he's doing and he's losing possession, it's all good for an 18-year-old. But Dele Alli, is someone I believe is a very good player in the Premier League, one of the best players at Spurs and someone I'm as an England fan we're looking to to make the difference if called upon, when called upon, in, 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 in the Euros and, and for England. And it hasn't been obviously delhi when jose initially came he was scoring goals and doing his thing but i think he really needs to come up a level in midfield now man i I said it back then i got a lot of stick for it i feel delhi ali's goals or previous goals um what's the right word for it kind of covered his performance because obviously he's very good getting in the box he's very good at finishing as well and he's actually played right back at a time for mk Dons, so he has done other things but in terms of becoming a more complete midfielder, Daly should be able to play in the, in the advanced midfield role. He should be able to play in a pivot He should be able to play as a box-to-box midfielder and a deep line playmaker. And for me, do them roles. He should still have the Dele Alley aspect in terms of running forward and making the difference. But I do think he has the ability and should, by now, be able to dictate the tempo of a game. Be able to, you know, a bit more game management and things. And I'm not really seeing that by Dele Alli. I'm one of Dele Alley's biggest fans. I know he plays for Spurs and whatnot. But I think he's a baller. And I, I think he needs to come up a level. Um, I think Liverpool played well in the first half. Second half, I won't say they were lucky, but kind of surprised Spurs, Spurs had some good chances. La should have bagged. How he missed that, I don't know. I'm sure Eriksen had a chance. I could be wrong, but Spurs had their chances. They really, like United against Arsenal, they shot themselves in the foot in the first half and there was just too much to do in hindsight. But for Liverpool, Liverpool go marching on people. Doesn't look like they're going to lose a game. Obviously, I think Liverpool's one of them teams now, like obviously I'm an Arsenal fan. There's a bit of bias there. You don't want Liverpool to do too well. But <clears throat> for me, first and foremost, you have to accept it. But the football purism you can't help but admire what Liverpool's doing. Away from the trophies and the statistics and all these fancy accolades, for me people, it's the camaraderie. It's the you can tell them players there and the coach they want to be better than they was the last game. They want to be better than better men let alone footballers than they were yesterday and they galvanise and the spirit that that whole team from Klopp to the medical staff to you know all the other players that play their part I love it people football is a squad game Obviously, I'm not saying Shakiri's playing world class or nothing, but Shakiri Ox is in and out the side. Obviously, Origi is a cult hero, but if you're honest, he's not a regular. Even when these sort of men are called upon, they're doing their job. And as an Arsenal fan, I've always said it's a squad game. There is obviously hierarchy. There is obviously people who play more, but it's a squad game everybody's chance in some capacity will come and you've got to be able to do it. I've seen Liverpool by their own standards actually get lucky in games and not lose and whatnot. But these, this is what happens when destiny's chosen you to be a good side. Listen, last season they broke enough records, unfortunately, through obviously dropping points on their hand, but through City being amazing, they didn't win it. Liverpool's points and everything last season, yeah, you we all know people. Um, In another year looking back that wins you a title or a couple of them in previous years but it didn't happen and you can tell they remembered how they they won the champs but they remembered how they felt doing all of that and, and and coming second best to City and that's the hunger that drives them in my opinion because right now a lot of them players could think they're better than they are Trent Arnold arguably in fact the best right back in modern day football won Champions League unless something mad happens he's a Premier League winner what he's done that in his early 20s no disrespect to the FA Cup but in professional football nothing's a given many men don't win that And Trent Arnold's won something I, and a lot of you, wanted to be footballers to do, Premier League and Champions League, and he's did it with his home club, so he's lived the dream. You could forgive him for taking his foot off the gas. Robertson, he could think, oh, I'm at Liverpool. No disrespect to Holland that, but I was at Holland. These teams there, I'm at Liverpool, I'm playing. We're doing well. Foot could come off the gas. Van Dijk and Alisson, arguably, some will say, the best in their position, respective positions. Foot could come off the gas. Naturally, at some point, some complacency has probably set in and they've had to snap out of it. But um, they're not getting gas. They're not resting on their laurels. And that's what I like to see because Arsenal are moving in a right direction under Arteta but we're a long way from that. Excluding Arteta, that's been something that I've seen missing from Arsenal. And I'm sure whatever team you support, unless you support Liverpool, um, some of what you're seeing at, at, at Liverpool right now or have been for a couple of years in general, you're jealous really, like positively jealous. And listen, I feel obviously many years ago, it was Arsenal. At a time, I remember, listen, let's cut the crap United and my, my United man, them that are listening to this and my friends, you won't hear me say this too many times, but... There was a time, apart from your in in the 2000s, obviously I'm speaking on, there was a time you was tuning in on top of your team, but you was tuning in to watch Manchester United because they were playing decent football. Arsenal, even when we weren't winning trophies, you tuning in. I think Liverpool City's been that and I think Liverpool for a while now have been one of them teams. Like They're a hallmark in the Premier League. If they go invincible, then I'm going to be shameless and scream, listen all four invincibles will beat you lot. It's not better than Arsenal. Just talking with my heartstrings, but they deserve it. Just how far they can go. We've said at serious times, they might drop, they might lose a game and things. And I'm pretty sure that obviously they want to go invincible. They want to do as best as they can, but I'm pretty sure if they win the league, they will concede losing a game. And obviously right now, it's remarkable because they rotate the side, but that front three is always fit. Unless like Klopp really has to force them out the side. Their fitness levels at Liverpool is remarkable as well. Um, but there could come a time when there's just simply too many games, simply the team naturally get tired. We have to remember there's actually an international... Well, not international. Well, there is, an in, there is more international breaks coming, I'm sure. But there's also the Premier League break as well. So that could be well welcomed for Liverpool because I know they played two different sides, but they, they played the cup, comp, Club World Cup. They've obviously had the FA Cup. They're not in the Carlin... Well, the League Cup anymore. They've obviously got the Prem and the Champions League, specifically the last two... That's where the core of the squad is going to be. That's where the many, many, many energy levels are going to be. I mean, Liverpool obviously conceded the League Cup by their own standards. I mean, Klopp's been, was playing kids. It's good for their development and all of that, rah, rah, rah. But you get what I mean. Um, so, yeah, man, I think we spent too long on Spurs versus Liverpool. Sheffield United versus West Ham on the, on the Friday, um, last Friday. Obviously, Sheffield United won one nil. um, <clears throat> Ollie McBurney scored and we'll actually get on to Oli McBurney um, later because I think the FA is trying to do him dirty but <clears throat> really need to go get my juice but um yeah Sheffield United defeated West Ham a goal to nil obviously it was all marred by, by VAR in the build up to Snodgrass's what would have been his goal Declan Rice allegedly handballed it. And I mean, I guess rules are rules, but we've got to be a bit sensible. I actually don't think that one necessarily is VAR. I think that's like it's the rules. I think football, there's too many great areas with the rules and with VAR. And I think too many refs in general are freestyling things. I'm not saying this specific ref because it was above him, but there's nothing Declan Rice can do. I think they're they're forgetting how natural movement, how natural hand movements and things in football occur. It's it's bordering on ridiculous, really and truly. I actually... I think VAR now can be used for good, but not in the way specifically in England is being done. We need to have common sense. We need to have better communication, which we're trying to with fans now seeing stuff and between the refs. But is if there's just too many, for me, I'm going I, I, like I said, I don't blame VAR for this game in particular, but for me, I think the VAR is down to too much interpretation because at the end of the day, it's not really, obviously it's a computer system, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's still people in Stockley Park just giving opinions and and conflicting things and slowing things down so things looks different so there's I don't know specifically I'm not bashing look I don't know the answers people but there is something that needs to be done to improve that because who wouldn't want the right decisions rightly or wrongly obviously when you're an Arsenal fan or fan of any other team and you get decisions that you shouldn't have been we're happy decisions that we don't get we're always gonna feel hard done by um so yeah man um, West Ham should feel aggrieved in relation to that Newcastle and Wolves, considering Newcastle's injuries, that's a good point for for Newcastle away to Wolves and they fought very well, so shout out to Newcastle, Manchester United, 4-0 victory against Norwich, Marcus Rashford in a very good form, arguably the best, well in fact statistically the best form I've seen in his career so far and especially heading into the 2020 Euros, um, ironically it's come, I know he's been playing up front but predominantly on the flanks, Um, With Kane's injury and you're actually hearing today, Kane might not play again this season. You're looking at Tammy, you're looking at Rashford, potentially Ings if he gets called up. I would personally bring that young guy, um, Greenwood. Obviously, it's a big arcs at that level, but I think you always got to bring a wild card in competitions and he would be mine per se. Um, So Rashford got a brace, Martial scored again, obviously, um, my man scored as well, Mason Greenwood, very good finisher, and he can be a striker, he could be a false, now he can be, Greenwood can be anything he wants, and that's the one positive I like about United, man, in that I know for years we've been screaming Rashford's potential and more so Martial, but I think, listen, that's a good couple young G's to work with, man, on the counter-attack or if, if the team's patterned in general, martial if he needs to develop and if you're going to be a, he's scoring goals now but if you're going to be a striker let's really work to you know m- movements to make reading the game do you know what I'm saying really work to becoming that striker to get in the French side rashford as an English fan obviously united will banner you but we want to see rashford coming into his own because I think Rashford can be a good player I think rashford just needs to improve his decision making in general and I think rashford just needs confidence full time he needs to believe in himself at all periods which being a young man at United in England and the scrutiny, I'm sure he's got an incredible self-belief, but he's human, it gets to you at times. And it's lovely to see, <coughs> apologies people, him doing his thing. And Greenwood's incredible, he can be what he wants. Apologies people, I need to grab my juice. Wow, well, I'm fat. Very unprofessional of me people, and I apologise, but like you can hear from my voice, Throat was dry So yeah Moving on United obviously won 4-0 against Norwich Southampton um, Defeated um, Leicester 2-1 Which we failed to do When we played Leicester away last season So that's a big three points for Southampton And they've lost 9-0 this season It could have been When the team is losing 9-0 in a season That's relegation that, that team there should be nailed on Relegation But you have to give credit to Hassan Hutu And the boys for turning it around as well Because Um you can't bash the players for not showing it and when they're turning things around and having relatively positive runs now, you've got to give praise. So, big three points for Southampton. Danny Ings scored. He is playing very good in in, in in up front. He's in very good form and also there's going to be talk of going to the Euros and really and truly, you can't bet against it. If Kane, Even if Kane is 60% fit, he still goes but arguably Kane going is irrelevant to Ings because for me, when I look at England... Kane is the number one You can play Sterling up front You can play Rashford up front as well Um, But I want to kind of disregard them in it um, Right now For me you've got Kane You've got, well You've got Kane You've got Tammy um, You've got Kane You've got Tammy Um, them two definitely go for me. Um, Rashford could play up front as well for me so I guess you can count Rashford and then you're probably looking at the fourth striker in which bring Ings. Obviously international football is a completely different ball game in itself from um, the Premier League even though the Premier League is, is, is difficult in its own right people as you guys know but there's not really a case to deny Danny Ings, obviously Calvert-Lewin didn't score this week, forgive me if I'm wrong but has been in decent form you can't really bet against it and he's proven a lot of doubters wrong in relation to if he's a Premier League footballer let alone England level, myself included um, so he's doing his thing Callum Wilson's been previously called up but just like Bournemouth his club side, they've been atrocious Um, him and his club form and, and the team as a whole has been poor, so he's not looking like he's going to get a call up like I said, I'd probably bring Mason Greenwood as a first striker. I think we'd have enough with Tammy Abraham, Kane, if he's fit in some capacity. Um, Rashford's there. Obviously, Sterling's going to play on the flanks, but there's the option of that. And just him in the side, um, I would probably more likely to bring Mason Greenwood. Doesn't really have a leg to stand on in the sense of it's a different ballgame. He's still a young man. He's still a relative novice. Ings has been about um, international football's different, but he's been about he's in well Greenwood's in good form but he's pretend I don't know the statistics but Ings is in better form I'd say slightly than Greenwood um he could get the nod and he should get a call up but I would just bring Greenwood as my wild card people you know me if it's up to me Greenwood goals Callum Hudson-Odoi goals even though I don't really have a leg to stand on with his current form I'm taking Phil Foden um yeah but you lot know that already I love these youth footballers uh, moving away from that, Chelsea won 3-0 against Burnley, Tammy Abraham done his thing and so did Jorginho and that's a vital three points and as an Arsenal fan, we ain't getting top four but seeing other teams moving, edger and moving away and away from you better yet, it is obviously annoying to some degree but there's not much we can do, we've actually got Chelsea at the bridge coming up and we're going to be without Aubameyang, Arsenal struggle to score goals away from home anyways. Obama I mean, is the only one that's actually been able to do that with nine. Our next goal scorers is probably Pepe, Torreira and Martinelli with a single goal away from home apiece in the Prem, people. Um, and there's nobody else after that. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw that on Opta. Apologies for shaking the screen there, people. What screen. Well, I shake my laptop screen and the mic. But moving away from that, Everton beat Brighton again. Carlo Ancelotti's just coming to the job. Any three points that side can take, they will take. Manchester City were quality in their game as well. People against Aston Villa, men against boys, completely like Sergio. Obviously, cemented himself in Premier League history if he hasn't already. Um, becoming record breaking records and becoming a record breaker in his own right. Kevin De Bruyne are turning it on. All them, all them City players, man. There's, listen, we've been around the block. City, Mares ridiculous. Like he had no sympathy for Danny Drinkwater, his former teammates snatching souls out there. It's a madness, man. And to beat Aston Villa six goals to one, it's got to be disheartening for Villa, especially because I know Dean Saunders and the fans and everybody's pleading out for some recruitment. They potentially need a goalie because I know Heaton's out for a while. I'm sure they would like to add quality in all areas. Admittedly, the one that's glaringly obvious is the striking position. Um. So, yeah, and Villa... To be fair, I think they'll go down, but you never know what can happen in football, people. Um, don't think I'm missing any Premier League sides out, and if I am, I'm bored of speaking about the Premier League, to be fair with you. But before we... Well, moving away from results, orientated content, Sergio Aguero, we have to big him up. We have to single him out. He is a Premier League record-breaker. Obviously, his hat-trick against Aston Villa on Sunday took him to 177 league goals. Highest scoring number by any foreign player more than Thierry Henry. I'm not going to lie, Sergio Aguirre, you're my guy. World-class individual and in what you've given in the Prem and whatnot. But I can't lie. If it's a football thing, you cannot talk to Thierry Henry in his, in, in, in his heyday. It looks like Kevin O'Brien is going to smash the 20 league assists record that's been held for a number of years by Thierry Henry. But just look at the numbers, goals, assists. Henry had skill. Yeah, he could do it all, man. He, he could play with his back to goal. Yeah, man. Sergio, you're not levels to big on me, but I'm always going to say that. But on a serious note, Sergio Guerra has been a quality footballer in the Premier League. What, they signed him for 30, 40 million from Atletico Madrid at the time, or maybe even 50, but at the time, whatever it was, was a fairly respectable fee. Now it looks like pennies because it's 8 million on Maguire in that, but it was, and... That looks cheap now as it was, and he is, even if he never scored again after that fateful goal against QPR, he'd still be a legend. He has been a quality footballer at Manchester City, and he's been here for a while, and he's ne- it's, it's never dropped. It's never dropped quality player. There's not a team that he hasn't terrorised. I think he loves scoring statistically the most against Newcastle and Spurs, or it could have been Chelsea. I, I really should have that to hand Um yeah he's there's not one team he hasn't bagged against there's not one set of fans he hasn't broken hearts um mustafi loved him so much he decided to stand on the halfway line in a cup final a couple of years ago and sit and admire this individual as he bared down on our goal and scored in a cup final It's mad but on a serious note sergio you've been a premier league legend um um, I'm pretty sure he can not just Thierry Reese but he can move closer to breaking other records. Will he break Alan Shearer's goal-scoring record? Um, never say never, but he'd have to be here for a long period of time at 32 years of age or however old he is. I think that one's eluding him and I think Alan Shearer can sleep safe knowing that that record's still there. Although I believe the commentator said in the game yesterday that Sergio has played 200 or less Premier League games than Alan Shearer, so it all balances itself out respectively. Now Eddie Howe, a man that's spoken about of managing, well let's just say a top six club one day, potentially the country has done great work, great work sorry, carrying Bournemouth through the divisions in the Premier League and obviously helping them established themselves in the league but their league position looks threatened they really there's a real prospect of Bournemouth being relegated players have to take some responsibility they have been atrocious but in the same way that when they were playing well the manager gets the praise and the dynamic of the game is to is is that when it's all going wrong it falls on the sword of the manager and he's been there for a while and football works in cycles, similar to Sean Dyche at Burnley whose position as well their season has been a bit mixed you do wonder the longer people stay, how much can they reinvent it? How much can they remotivate? How much because it does get to the point, and this is why what Wenger's done, so Alex Ferguson's done, clock now to a degree, is is remarkable. When you've been at a club for so many years with a crop of players, there comes a point where you either are not able to get through to them, via not through them necessarily being bad, but something just needs to change. Communication, training drills, approach, new personnel, and very rarely can managers... In general, it's not a criticism because this is football works in cycles. Three, four years, the, re, the, 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 the recycle fails to happen. I'm sure City will probably say they've gone through that now. I'm um, so In reflection, City probably didn't get it right in the transfer market because they've had a lot of injuries and on top of bottling games, there's big reason, specifically their issues at centre-half, as to why they're not having the best of seasons. Not poor by normal team standards, but poor by City standards. And you look at Pep Guardiola, if he's still there, there's talk of leaving. He's done great things. Again, cycle. Can he still get through to these players? Is the challenge still there with these players? Have they lost their appetite? Are some of the players considering moving? And you look at it, Kinda of failed to replace company in the sense of what he gave them on top of just being a centre half. Sergio is not the oldest. Can Gab Jesus do that? I believe he can. Couple other, you know, they've they the rest of the side has been more or less um thingy, But you that title winning core is kind of gone right now and saying that they're all league champions, but you get the point. Um a number of them players have been together for a while now, even Fernandinho's getting on a bit, so they'll need to refresh things. And it takes a lot of energy out of you as a human. Does Pep have the energy for that? Would Sean Dice, if, if he considers his future at the end of the season? And Eddie Howe must be considering his future because he said he will reflect upon whether he is doing well enough after Sunday's 3-0 loss to Watford um, left his, set, his side second bottom in the Premier League obviously this sadly means bournemouth for bournemouth fans have taken just four points from their past 11 games that run has included nine defeats and obviously i'm sure no fan of bournemouth wants to get rid of Eddie Howe if they had to um or any or all the all the players wanting to go or anyone man no he is mr bournemouth but things have got to change in it is it is it is crazy it it is crazy he's been there since 2012 people what's that eight years it's ridiculously good how much he's done well, but that's eight years. Could you imagine staying at your job for eight years? Do you get it, people? Things have to change. Now, he's obviously, he's a manager, you always go through self-doubt and, and, and wonder if you're good enough. And he's got to now because they've probably tried several drills, several approaches, different tactics, different personnel, deliberating between him and his coaching staff and everyone. And there's not been, sorry, there's not been that change. There's not been that spark that's, that's provided that change for the side to, to, to um, provide an uptake in results and, and and see something better happen. It just hasn't, it just hasn't been there Um. So we'll have to we'll have to see people. They obviously started their defeat, um their their defeat in the three nil defeat to Watford I um, in the relegation zone for the first time in more than two years, people. Um at the start of November when they when they beat Manchester United, they were seventh. So it's been a bit of a bookie one for them. Moving away from that, though, and moving to transfers, people. Barcelona have made contact, allegedly, with Mauricio Pochettino about replacing Ernesto Valverde as manager. Um, I have seen before I've started this podcast that actually Barcelona might be employing someone else. I can't remember the guy's name, so this might be a non-starter. Obviously, Pochettino and his Espanol links previously and his comments about never managing Barca never say never but that probably makes that one a go. Personally I'm not watching Barcelona religiously but I did feel Valverde needed to be sacked a long time ago if these are true and he's done a he's done a remarkable job still holding on. He's had some success but I just feel he's way too negative. He just does weird stuff and I don't think Coutinho is necessarily a success at Barca but a more attacking manager potentially makes that better. I just don't think Valverde's the man for them and he's done well to stay in this position and yeah, it's alarming that Barca are going to get rid of him man mid-season and whatnot I've seen new managers to be announced Caretaker managers You've seen Xavi linked with the position And now it's coming out Xavi might not get the position And, you know, in two minutes It will probably be he is going to get the position So it's a bit of a random one Um, So we'll see what happens, man Apparently, Chelsea have made an inquiry about Brighton's centre-half, Lewis Dunk, with the Seagulls valuing the 28-year-old defender at 50 million. Now, I don't think he's worth 50 million, but in today's day and age, 50 million is the new 25 or 20 to which he is worth, to which that's not the worst of, that's not the, that's not, apologies people. Apologies for that. I had to reply to a text again on professional, but that's not the worst of these. He's 28, so he's only going to get worse. But I mean, you could forgive him for jumping at the chance. Move to London, 28. Chelsea are technically Champions League um, position right now and are playing in the Champions League. He might not get that opportunity again. Obviously, moving to a team like Chelsea potentially boosts his England prospects. If he Let me not make a fool of myself and see he's actually eligible for England because I always mix up Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy just by name. Yeah, he's born in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. So he's legible He's a legible. I'd like him at Arsenal, but clearly we ain't got 50 million for him. I think he'd be decent within the, you know, within the ranks and whatnot. I'd like to bring him if he, if we could get him for a 2025 20, in an ideal world. Him and an upper car him and, and an upper Meccano. Good. He's an old school defender. He's okay with the ball at his feet. He's got a decent long range pass in him. He's not the most expansive. He he he's got good height on him. You you know he's a decent he's a decent player and he's someone yeah and he's someone that people should you know I I think and I mean, Chelsea would do all right. They need a centre half. Um, obviously that potentially means even more so that christensen has got to keep it moving. Um, so we'll see how that one develops, people. Moving away from that, apparently Manchester United will make a 65 million bid, including add-ons, for Sporting Lisbon and Portugal midfielder Bruno Fernandes. He's obviously 25. Um, apparently the only thing stopping that is wages. And do you know what? That one's always in the papers. From what I see in Portugal, he looks like a good player. He's a good goal-scoring midfielder. I believe he's got eight this season and statistically he's got 63 goals, 51 assists in 134 games, I believe. So, if he can transfer that, I think goal scoring midfielders are kind of dying out in general. United need goals all over the field. Their midfield don't really offer nothing in the attacking sense. But if he can bring technical quality, getting assists and obviously goals and, and, you know, the stuff that wins football games that is what people need and he'd be a good signing and at 25 years of age I think he'd be decent and whether it happens or not is another thing um but who knows apparently Wolves boss Nuno is having one eye on Atletico Madrid winger Thomas Lamar viewing him as a top target and this report from goal still goes on to say Chelsea Spurs and Arsenal monitoring Mm, I don't know if I buy If any of them I think any of them Will listen And have been probably told To keep updated But is he necessarily A top target for us I'd say no There's a case to bring him in Out of all of them I'd say Spurs Potentially need him the most In terms of an attacking um, player Um We need a centre half The most Um Ashley Young's been linked with Inter Milan and has been allegedly offered an 18-month contract, but he has another Italian side looking at him in Lazio and apparently Crystal Palace are offering him something. I believe he's from Watford in that area by trade. Maybe a move to Palace at this period in his career could tempt him. Um, You'd like to think he could earn more money as a 34-year-old actually signing a new deal at United, which they offered him and allegedly he, he, he rejected. Or going to Inter Milan and experiencing a new league. If Conte's still there, he's still there. Obviously, 34 and going to Italy, You're probably that's the new 21. You've still got a number of years left in you. So, he has a decision to make. I will do the Inter Milan thing, to be fair. Just accept that in Italian football, the racimo is probably going to follow you as an IC3. But moving forward... Same old recycled rumour. Apparently, Scodrian Mustafi's agent will hold t- talks with Galatasaray about the 27-year-old moving to the club. Can they afford his wages? Who knows? Um, it's probably another thing. And also, in addition to that, you one minute it's on loan, then it's permanent. Would he want to move to Galatasaray on a permanent basis? Only he can answer you that. But I believe that's that. Um... You've obviously seen apparently Watford and, uh, well, Watford and Belgium defender Christian Calvessele is a target for Manchester United, Newcastle United, West Ham and Arsenal. And if I haven't said United already, um, he's a man in high demand at 28 years of age to move to definitely the first two names in Arsenal United. It's probably an opportunity not to be turned down, especially Arsenal in particular. Watford and Arsenal train next door to each other so he wouldn't have to uproot too much. Um, how much do they value him at, him at? I don't know because whether you believe these guys are better or worse, looking at the market, if if Lewis Dunk is rated at 50, they might think Cabezela is a better defender um, than Maguire. He's at 80. Um, you've obviously got Issa Diop at, at West Ham. You're hearing 50 to 60 million if people wanted him. So when you do compare the market sort of thing, how much is it really you know you're probably looking at 30 to 50 i'd start opening bids low low balling at 30 probably looking to do business at 50 um i think watford would concede that and like i said 50 is the new 25 but it's a bit you know will any of these clubs move for it who knows apparently chelsea have actually made their first signing they've signed norway under 17 striker brian fabia Never seen him in my life, 16 years of age, so potentially, well, he's obviously going to sign a scholarship deal with the assurance of a pro once he turns 17. I've never seen him, he might have He might have world class potential, I don't know people, I'm just going to assume he's going there with the hope of breaking through at Chelsea, but in, in the medium term to play in a more competitive environment than his previous employers, Torozmo, I believe. To learn and develop under Chelsea's coaches, and just become a better player, and see where he is at 18 plus. Um, So that's that. Um, Obviously, Spurs pipped West Ham to the loan side, nor it looks like it, based on what here in Sky Sports have said. Gedson Fernandez is having a medical at Spurs, or is due to have one in Enfield at Spurs in relation to joining on loan the 21 year old will join on loan to the end of the season apparently the loan fee is 4 million pounds we put, we spent 5 million on the loan of dennis suarez um I know he plays for Spurs but I'm pretty sure I know which one is going to turn out the better signing. Now there's got to be a reason with his potential and the players that Benfica have in which he's been a, the 21 year olds allowed to go on loan. I'm not watching him religiously but has he potentially stagnated? Has he you know gone down as a footballer? Only only they could answer that for you. Um, there must be a reason he's been allowed to leave him in some capacity and um, Spurs have been interested in him now but I never know if Spurs moved earlier for him but it appears to the fans that they've moved for him late so is there a reason why people weren't interested in him um who knows uh, or if they were what what tipped the balance for people to walk away because I think he's a decent player he lacks to bite in for a tackle um he's by no means no playmaker but he's comfortable with a ball at his feet okay passing range can carry it um He's a decent player and I think he can add something to Spurs' midfield in any capacity he's used, people. Um, would be surprised if Deleuze isn't a success, man, because even as an under-17s Portugal international, he showed he could do things, man, and I'd say Spurs should be relatively excited about potentially him and Ndombele, um in the ranks, people, because um, that's definitely two better signings in that midfield than I've seen in many years at Spurs. Um, so we'll see how that one develops, but that one looks to be done, people. Um or well, looks like it's going to be done. Um, moving away from that, Mino Raiola. Um, obviously, you lot know him. He's a very good agent, made a lot of money in this game. And obviously, I, I know we've all heard he's he's moved for Lingard. He's got Lingard into the in, in it, under his stable now. And you all know he's he's a man that's actually been an agent of Nat- Natalie Portman. He's had Nedved. He's had Mkhitaryan. He's had Pogba, Kapuwe. He's got a number of promising young players. He's got Matuidi. Delit, Moise Kean, Verratti, Previously had Lukaku. Um, obviously remembers Zlatan. And there's a bunch of other players, people. Um, and it would make sense why he would get into the English market because first and foremost, young players are more daring than ever now. At England, they they don't care for the well, they obviously care about finances, but they care for first team football. They're moving abroad, so there's the player power is even stronger. So that means you can kind of force teams' hands a bit more to show they really want you. Um. And on both ends there's money to be made. That at these young players that move to other teams, brokering the deal, there's money to be made. In general in the English market. In during this podcast, what have you heard me say? 50 million for Lewis Dunk, 80 million for Maguire. How much would Chilwell, Madison, if if City ever sold Phil Foden? Um them all them young players that Norwich have, all the young players English players specifically glittered around the prem. This all money and whether you believe they're worth it or not, there's money in there. Callum Hudson odoi at one point was on the verge of leaving for um leaving Chelsea. He's now on a hundred and something a week, a substantial wage. I'm not criticising him or anything, but this, this is all a picture if I'm Ranola and I've done, you know, I've made 25 million allegedly just off Pogba moving to United and I've done this and I've done that and, I, you know, it would make sense from a money point of view to get involved specifically with English players. Now, why he chose Lingard? Only he can tell you that. Maybe it's to get his foothold in the, in the door. I don't know why specifically um allegedly he was talking to Rashford apparently that was more so Rashford's advisors and seeing more collaboratively what they could do um if I was to read between the lines I'm sure Rashford's in line for a new contract at United he's in line when you think of Rantman United you think of Rashford Renola gets the best deal not always um but typically gets the best deal 99 times out of 100 um for himself for his client and if I'm Rashford if you don't want Renola to necessarily you know represent you to get the best deal you potentially can or best commercial deals away from United someone like Renola's picking his brains or having him on board in some capacity helps you because I mean one thing you can say about Renola, apparently he's not always had the best of relations or not always looked out for the lesser names but Whatever you say about him, you should you could be pretty confident in him as a football agent. I don't know why Lukaku got rid of him, but he would get he get he's pretty upfront with getting the best deal for himself and his client and even Mikitarian. Mkhitaryan's on big money at Arsenal. Do you get it? And Mkhitaryan weren't even worth that. No disrespect to Mikitarian beyond him just on a football on a football thing. Apparently Lingard's father is still seen as instrumental in advising his son. Um but obviously the 27 year old, maybe maybe Lingard brought it to his door, people. Um, because obviously lingard terrible form in in general for man united he's in the headlines for nonsense more than it is for football 27 still treated like a 21 year old maybe obviously his contract runs out 2021 at united so it could be a bit of that but maybe he wants him to help him find a move um help him do something for him more so than him do you get what i'm saying people who knows um but yeah people man and obviously Renola's an inf- very smart man he speaks several languages spanish portuguese french german english italian dutch um he's a segment courtesy of the athletic i was reading said he constructs long-term business plans for his star players thinking years ahead and he tries to get it all written down contractually at each stage says a source that can make life challenging for club executives and obviously people look at the agent and think he's a money man, and it's true, but the club's making more money. I'd rather the players, that parents, at some point, had to, you know, probably work two jobs for them and their siblings and obviously get them from, which I see a lot of times, from one side of London to the other four times a week, three training sessions, one game, with the chance of making it. I think they deserve the money more so than these posh, fat cat executives. It makes sense, because this is what... Because they would rather... Obviously some agents are poor, some executives are bad, some are good, some are bad, some acting, there's, there's rarely a middle way, but there's good people, generally it's good people, um, but at the same time people, these executives will bully players, because I've seen it, if you ain't got advisors around, they will bully you, they will get into, they will come, t- I, there, I, I know one player, I'm not going to talk too tough, one young player, he never had an advisor, and he now has, Um, he was having cold feet, in relation to a pathway, at his ex-club, um, never had an advisor, So what were coaches and executives doing? You're not playing if you're not signing the deal, this and that, this and that and the other. These are the games people play, people. And if you ain't got people around you in your best interest, because as sad as it is, players got to look out for number one. I'm being completely honest, people even players that are not necessarily money grabbers because at one day, when your legs give weight, you might get a little going around the pitch and clapping, but you have to keep it moving no matter what you've given the club people. And if I'm, if I'm a footballer, generally hearing these things is someone you want to be with. It's like having a good accountant or a good lawyer. You want to hear they get the best deal and they're utilising you. And you've got to remember, these players are typically always giving him some sort of cut from the contract or some sort of agreement where they're paying him to advise on top of all of these people, it's not 100% commission or it, yeah he's made a lot of money but you get it, it would be silly from him, so to know that they're spending money and they're getting something decent in return is, is probably quality for them people um, allegedly the Athletic report said he loses interest in players further down the ladder if he cannot do deals quickly there was a relatively fleeting relationship with Andrei Yarmolenko, for instance but it also has long-lasting friendships in football. And apparently Marcel Brands is one of them which potentially made the Moyes keen move from Juventus to Everton. Good. One source said, I appreciate Mino because he's always up front. He says, Look, this is the price. He made it clear he was in it to make money, whereas some agents play around with it. It's crazy people, and- he must be a nightmare to deal with, but from an agent's perspective, obviously there can always be negative effects, people, um, but it must be something relatively positive to hear. Um, moving away from that, it would make surely, you look at Jaden Sanjo, for example, he's very marketable, and surely he wants to get involved in someone like that, or doesn't want to miss the next, you know, Jaden Sanjo. Apparently, though, moving away from all of this, Harry Kane might not play for Spurs again. I think that's a lot of, being smart by Jose and playing a bit coy, but as we know, Kane underwent surgery, um, up for a torn hamstring, and Jose Mourinho says news on Harry we don't have. And if you ask me every time we come here, the answer will be the same: we expect him to be out until mid-April, end of April, May next season. I don't know. Now, if we take it in a literal sense, he's not playing in the Euros, but I think he'll be back in April or. or at the earliest potential return, they've probably given diagnosis because that guy seems to just always be fit. I'm sure he's had serious injuries and been back the week after. Um, obviously, away from the Arsenal Spurs banter, it's a man's health, so we hope Harry Kane has no setbacks and has the best return from injury from po- as possible, people. Um, moving away from that, and the international break, which is coming up, apparently Pep Guardiola will give the Manchester City squad a period of complete rest from football. During the Premier League's winter break, um, apparently he wants to use the next, um, the next, the break next month or the gap in fixtures better let yet to fully escape action rather than keeping his players ticking over in training at the Etihad Campus. Obviously, we both know this season one round of fixtures would be staggered over two weekends, giving each team a mini mid-season holiday of sorts, with teams having between thirteen and sixteen days without playing which is good depending on how you look at it but i can guarantee you there will be one fan there will be one club manager who says that team got 16 we got 13 why is that or whatever if it hasn't been said already um people moving on from all of that people and you've obviously seen the goats the guy who's always the goat, i believe the nigerian oil tycoon who's always saying he wants to buy arsenal he's the richest man in africa and is a billionaire the Nigerian billionaire has made a no secret of his desire to purchase Arsenal. Whether he'll be able to do it from Stan Cronkite, I very much doubt. So I'd love it because he cares about football, allegedly. But it just seems to me this is a family heirloom. This is an investment more so than something to sell. Obviously, everything has a price. Everyone has a price. And I'm, I hope that he's able to give Cronkite that price. But I'm not going to hold my breath. Um Apparently, but he has said just to tell you guys, once he's finished his latest business ventures regarding in relation to oil, I believe, um, he wants to fully, you know, try and do his thing. And he's targeted buying an Arsenal in 2021, which is next year. Literally, whether that can happen is another thing, but we'll see. Finally, Oli McBurnie has been reminded of his responsibilities by the FA after making an obscene gesture in the crowd during the game, Swansea versus Cardiff. We've got to remember he spent like eight or so years at swansea it's the it's the derby in wells and based on the clip i saw he didn't do nothing wrong i mean he's there as a supporter he's played for swansea what like it's it's almost like they forget this is a working class game like this is this is the whole premise of football is is the positive camaraderie and men forgetting your feelings and enjoying a good game of football being in a positive environment Oli McBurney is not there on either team's side. Obviously, he has to remain professional, but he's having a laugh. This is what football's about. Football when fans are getting out of touch even more and more. So, seeing a a, a player that's earning the money he is in the fans at his old club, much less his new employers, because obviously he can't like that... Um, for me, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. And why can't why can't he go there as a supporter? As long as he's not effing and blinding and carrying on, and he's just there. Why can't he do that? Because he hasn't acted in any sort of way. He hasn't carried on in any sort of way. He's it's just been banner. Hasn't been disrespectful. He's compared to what's going on around him. He's fairly mute in what he's doing as well. It's just the fact that his name is Ollie McBurney, and next to his job application, job. Description: It is footballer for Sheffield United. Now, if something else is happening, there's been clips I haven't seen. That's another debate, and I'll hold my hands up and apologise. But I, it just feels like it's nonsense. The things football should be going tough and and over the top on to a degree. Um, they don't, they don't do it. So it's, it's it's just nonsense, people. And this is obviously in light after obviously the images emerged of McBurney, the videos and whatnot. Obviously him at the game. Um, so it is what well, it is in that regards, but. For now, I'm going to get out of here. People, it's been a lovely podcast. Deluded, I'm out.